Coming up, we have a wonderful story from Matt Cohen with his ice hockey. And I had a bit of a problem with my leg, assignment desk. And Masterclass is kind of combined with that in WordPress photo review, answering a couple questions from the Patreon supporters. Episode 62 is next. This is Vogel. Shalom, this is Matt Cohen. Welcome to Big Lens Fast Shutter, where we demystify the world of sports photography. And if you have forgotten, and I know you haven't, it is never too late to send a couple of bucks our way. Since this is a 100% user-funded audiovisual entertainment, please go to patreon.com slash blfs, and that is patreon.com slash blfs, and show us how much you love us because we are here to make you a better sports photographer. Two news. News. Here at News, both Ryu and I will tell you our best and worst shoot of the previous month, and we talk about ourselves because we like to. It's probably best I start just for the fact that um, I f***ed up my leg playing football. And uh, I'm going to be out, like seriously out for probably two months. But currently I'm thinking about how I can actually get to a international friendly match that's going to be in Dortmund, which is about five hours um, drive from Berlin. Because if I don't go to these international matches, like, you know, FIFA doesn't like that, like you cancel these matches, but the more you go the better your chances are going to be to be able to shoot the World Cup. If anyone has any good idea, because the fact that like it's, I have to take the train or I was thinking about like hiring one of my friends that should drive me there in a car. Train, it's going to be about like four hours on a train. Like I don't know if that's going to be very comfortable because I can't really bend my, uh, my leg and all sorts of things, you know, things you have to kind of consider when you're injured. Probably do a, a video thing on... A short video thing on um, on Patreon.com subscribers is what's the bare minimum I can take to a football match or in any sporting event? One lens and no, two lens and two bodies, you know, because I can't take my foreigner with me. Both my hands can't use them because of the fact that I have uh, crutches. I have to carry everything on my back and I don't want to have to like carry that much weight. It's something that I really need to think about from now on, at least for the next guess a month, if I have to do any sort of uh, photo shoot. What's the bare minimum going to take? And I will do that video and I'll give you my decision as to what I will bring. And I think it'll be a very interesting topic. Like what's your absolute, absolute bare essential like two lenses that you're going to bring that is not going to be as bigger than let's say a 200 f2 or even a 200 uh, 7200.8 news. There's no good news. Good news is that I don't, know, I don't get to redo anything. Like it's really bad. It's, it's uh Quite depressing, but I'm trying not to get to bog down on it. Matt Cohen, good and bad. Bad sharks moved the hole that I like to shoot through. <laughs> they just oh, they just, where did they move? I it? don't. I think they might have just taken it out, and they've done this before. Sometimes they put like a just a solid sheet 
in there uh, maybe for the TV or something. I don't know why they do this because it's not like in mm. anybody's way or anything, but basically in, in hockey, the if you're shooting from any of the side at all, if the hole that you're shooting through looks at the opposite side, it's bad because the angles that you have are just really limited. So you want to be in a corner because then you have like 90 degrees that you can shoot from instead of, mm. you know, like 45 degrees or something. So they just took it out. So I had to shoot from one on the side. You can't compose as much. You can't, all you're really doing is just like waiting for something to happen right in front. Of you. There's almost nothing creative that you can do from that angle. If anything's on your side of the ice and it's coming towards you, you can't even see it because all you're getting is a reflection of the glass and then when something does get in front of you, the amount of time that you have and to like compose or anything, you're just not, it's not there. So I had a, I had a, just a really substandard hockey shoot because of that. It's really frustrating. And do you have another hockey shoot like coming up? No, I think I'm done. I think I'm done. Really? It's rodeo. This year? It's rodeo season now. Uh, and I can't no. shoot any of the playoffs or anything. So. Why? Because uh, I can't commit to shooting all of them. So you can't really shoot any of them. Oh, it's like all or none, all or nothing. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you have to really be available to you know to take those. So can't do it. No, because like for your video thing that you're talking about, because we were talking before we started, like what kind of like ideas we have to do, like that Patreon video thing. I think the hockey that thing is cool because I've got no idea how that even looks like. You know, to actually do like a video of that is quite interesting. I'll I guess I'll save that for next season and maybe I'll take some overhead shots so that people can see what I'm talking about, but. It's too late for that now. I did have a good shoot. And it was kind of funny because it was super last minute. Like I didn't know, I didn't have permission until literally, I don't know, 20 hours before the shoot. <laughs> I was out on a hike with my wife and I got a call that I could come and shoot this special rodeo. It was, I don't know, it was like five o'clock in the evening and the rodeo started at, I don't know, four o'clock the next day or something like that. And it was in Southern California, like a 10 hour drive away. So basically I, you know, get back from the hike and threw as much stuff as I could in a bag and took off for that. Ended up being really cool. It was a benefit rodeo for a medical center in Palm Springs, which is in Southern California. And it was really not like any other rodeo. It was held on what's normally a polo grounds and they have concerts like the Coachella festival is there and some other big festivals are there. And it was cool because there were like palm trees in the background. It didn't look like a rodeo at all. Like they just brought in the dirt and they brought in the fences and the shoots and everything. And then, um, it was super expensive for these people to come and shoot it. And I went out for a little bit into the, where people were coming in and they were there were waiters and waitresses with trays of really fancy cocktails and they had chefs and ice sculptures and it was insane like it was it was really it was weird that they had chose to have a fundraiser that was a rodeo but it went off really well and they raised a ton of money for this medical center and the rodeo itself was pretty cool they flew in the Wright family, which is seven brothers and sons, like so ne- uncles and nephews and whatever, of mm. bronc riders who are, so, several of them are world champions. And 
they were all there and then the bull jumper from france was there so it was uh, a pretty cool thing all around and i got some pictures that you wouldn't get anywhere else because of the palm trees and the fancy drinks and whatever so that was pretty cool but it mm. was it was pretty funny because it was literally 20 hours worth of driving for a two-hour rodeo which is not something that i would normally do but it was kind of a special case so that was that was a good shoot so you drove for 20 hours yeah 10 10 down and 10 back for two hours yeah there's like no airplane that goes just it was too late it was just way too late yeah okay but it's kind of like that interesting thing like american people don't really think like two hours of driving is like nothing but here like two hours driving is really really oh yeah i drive yeah i drive two or three hours all the time without even thinking about it yeah to i mean to get to hockey game is more than an hour for me so you know football games things like that those are all an hour from where i live yeah 10 hours is not a short amount of time like i would definitely fly that normally but there's just didn't have enough time to to get that together there you have it boys and girls it's a lot of driving that's basically it for uh news came here looking for information on training ground you are out of luck we've moved it to youtube and therefore you get to see your rewards and punishments mostly punishments on video go to youtube.com and search for big lens fast shutter four separate words assignment desk is where we give you an assignment and you show us if you've been listening don't doze off and show us that you've been an attentive student or a bad one and as it is with these things it's kind of like 50 percent. like sometimes you guys do very well and sometimes you guys do you guys are just horrendous and this is the horrendous one I mean, the thing is, like, I, if I probably look back, like, if anyone can probably go back, it was, a lot, it was a lot more horrendous ones going on than good ones. But I think this one, people didn't really get it. We have to take responsibility yeah. for this. I think that the uniformity of people missing the point traces back to us not being specific enough you know we, we yeah we just didn't we just didn't explain it enough and so we're gonna kind of go through right now do all of this at the same time go through the pictures that were submitted and then hopefully we're gonna do this one again for next month so you guys can redeem yourselves fairly quickly the idea isn't take a picture that that was just a normal picture and then crop it down a little bit and then all of a sudden it's a close-up kind of detail thing that's not what we were looking for the idea of this and again we we may not have gone into it in enough detail last time but we're going to do that this time it's to leave everything out that's not essential to the picture while still having some context so that you can figure out what it is and these pictures are they're just tight you know the the portraits are just tight portraits and the the ones of horses are just like you know the horse's head is cut off or something like that like that's not a, that's not what we're talking about we're talking about extremely close like really the only one the only one that even qualifies for any of this is reed's picture of a bike chain 
And this isn't a good picture because it's not a sports picture at all. But this is the only thing that we're talking about. Like it's close enough that you can see the wear and tear on the chain and the sprockets. But it's also you can it's far enough away that you can tell or there's enough context that you can tell what's going on. But every other one of these pictures is just like a, a crop down version of a normal picture. You know, that's not to say that they're not good pictures like well, maybe one of the Kevin's hockey picture is that's a good picture. I would take that picture, but it's still not a close up detail kind of picture. Detail is when you can see, like, if you look at the first one, a female hockey player, it, detail would be if you could just see her eyelashes and the cage of her helmet. In a detail picture, you there's no place at all for her ear or her glove or corner of a uniform or even any of that kind of thing. Like the most that it could be is like her eyes, her nose and her mouth. If you wanted to really get across the point that it was a woman, but I, for me, the eyelashes would be enough. So I would try to figure out how to get just the cage of the helmet and the eyelashes into it. But in no way, shape or form is this a detail or a close up. This is just a tight portrait. And that's not, that's something completely different. It's like you, you physically have to get close. That's the only thing I, I can, you have to physically get close to that person or the object or the equipment or whatever. Like you have to do that because otherwise, like Matt said, it's just a, a normal shot of something that you've kind of cut out or you're just basically far. Is You're just basically physically too far. There should be depth into it because like if you use um i don't know f2.8 or 3.2 or even 4 you're gonna get some depth into that photo as well like the reads photo okay so just as a general advice because you are we're gonna run this again for another month and you're gonna see like how we can actually do it the best for you to get close to these people are when they are training rather than actually in an uh, at a um, actual competition because usually you get you are allowed to be a lot closer to the athletes in general. I'm not saying for all sports, but in general, like for football, I try to shoot like really close up stuff or like kind of detail oriented stuff when they're training because they're much physically closer to me when they're warming up. Because, you know, let's say the entire team is like running up and down right next to the touchline of, uh, of the football field. Then that means they're going to be there for, you know, a couple of minutes. And that allows me to kind of, you know, start thinking about composition or just like just basically get really, really close. Because if I got a very, very long lens, like a 400 millimeter lens, I can get really close physically as well. And on top of that, it's 400 millimeter makes me get really, really close to the actual subject itself. It depends on the level of, of like if it's a professional one or if it's amateur, amateur even better. Like during training, you just have to say like you have a you know specific shot that you want to take. Just to ask them and say, hey, do you mind if I just get really, sorry, if I, if you get really uncomfortable, but I want to get a, a close up of a certain thing that you have, like your face or your hands or your, you know, your equipment. Just ask them and you can actually get one. It's very, it's not a very difficult thing to do, especially with amateurs. They'll be more than happy to do it. Professionals, I'm not sure there's some restrictions. So that's definitely like one, you know, a couple of advice that I can actually give to everyone for the next one. Part of any of it, not just the close up, but part of anything in photography is when you have an idea or when you want to try something, it's figure out where you're going to be able to get access to doing it. And 
So if I have an idea, I'm not going straight to an NFL game to to try that out because no. you can't get anywhere near anything. You know, you're off of the sideline, you're behind a tape, even you're outside of the locker room, you're in the hallway outside of a tape, and then there are lines all around the field and there are even further away lines from where the bench area is. I'm not going there to do it, but I would go to a high school football game and I have to try something because you can be right on the end line. You can be in the, in the bench area, not just on the side of it, but you can be standing right in the middle of a group of players. So part of this is find something where you can get the kind of access that you need. It's not going to be everywhere. I think a good rule of all of this is start at the minimum focusing distance of whatever lens you're using. You can always pull back if you need to. And this is like good advice for anything. Um, you know, if you're shooting with a wide angle lens, get too close and then start backing up until it makes sense. And that's the same here. If you're shooting with a 70 to 200, be four feet away or something like that. If you're shooting with a 400 2.8, be three feet away or something like that, five mm. feet away, whatever, whatever it's going to be. If you need to back up from there, then back up from there, but at least see what it looks like when you're that close. And then again, like we were talking about with the first picture that I just used as an example, because it was first, take out all of the stuff that you don't need. The The second picture, not to pick on um, Anatoly, but you don't need the whole gun to be in the picture to know that she's shooting a gun. What do you need? Her eye, the glasses, and then the bolt or the chamber parts or whatever, but um, that's plenty. You don't need the end. <laughs> you don't need the end of the gun. You don't need the earphones. You don't need the brim of her hat. You don't need her hands. Um, you know, maybe the fingertips take out all the stuff that you don't need. You don't need to fit it all in. And this is like something that we see over and over again. And I know it doesn't stick out really to, to people who are just getting started or don't have a ton of experience, but you can tell when somebody's trying to fit it all in, you know, you can tell when a picture, isn't interesting enough, but somebody's happy because all of the limbs and the ball are, are in it. You can tell it's just, they're just trying to fit everything in the frame. You don't need to do that. What your job is, is to figure out your, your editing in your head, in the camera, what doesn't need to be there, figure all that stuff out. Both of these horse pictures, I would put in like the same exact category. Like there is something there in the, in the black and white one. What is it? Well, maybe the the boot and the stirrup and the horse's shoulder. In the second one, the horse, uh, the you know, like the lower leg and the hoof kicking up the dirt. But I don't need to see the steer in the background, and I don't need to see even the rider's leg or boot or anything like that. I don't need to see the saddle or the saddle pad, because the only thing that's that's interesting in this picture is the dirt kicking up. So you want to see what's causing that dirt to kick up, but all the rest of it is just completely superfluous to, to what makes the picture interesting. It's just taking the energy out of it rather than putting into it. If you look at this picture and you see, okay, there's a horse's leg and a hoof and a bunch of dirt kicking up and that, and you were really close to it and you were on the ground, that would be way more interesting. People love watching dirt fly around. So Concentrate on the part that's most interesting. Concentrate on the part that tells the story and get rid of all the other stuff. Like 90% of this picture could be cut out 
it wouldn't look good if you just cropped it, but if you had recomposed and been that close to it, it would, would have been a whole lot better. Reed, you got to figure out how to make this into a sports picture. Like if this is what you're going to do, then shoot a part of the bike that has like the team name in it or the team logo in it and make it interesting. But this is what we're talking about. You want to be close enough where you can see that there's wear and tear on the metal parts of it. Yeah, um, and it has to just kind of like be related to sports, you know. So you still, ha- yeah, I mean, it still has t- to be a sports picture. It's not an yeah. equipment picture. It's not just a ball or whatever. Like that's not even a sports picture. Like it definitely needs to have some kind of context in it that makes it into a sports picture. It has to tell a story. So you gotta put that in in mind as well when you're actually shooting these greedy extreme, you know, close ups. Because if it's just a close up of like what Reed has done, it's just a close up of a gear, and that's it. There's nothing more than that, you know. That's basically it, uh, guys. So we we've basically told you how how it's gonna be done, or how it should be done. We're gonna run it for another month, and you can see what well, we can just kind of figure out how you can actually do this. You know, come back to us with a, a better version of what you've actually done. And there's no reason why you can't do this. You have a month, give or take, from right now. And, you know, any sport that you can get access to to get close to it, you can do it. Redeem yourselves. It, you know, you're not going to have this kind of chance, you know, because we cycle through these topics a lot. But this one we're doing twice in a row because we want to give you a chance to redeem yourselves right away. So take that chance. Yeah. And I think it's a redeemable thing. It's not like something you can't do. But... Just think about just getting physically closer and story, context, all these things that has to be in your head where you're, you know, actively hunting for this particular shot. And you have to be quite conscious about this because I think if you're just going to go in and try to shoot a normal, you know, competition, I don't think you're going to get it because this is something that you have to be quite aware of what you want to do because otherwise you're not going to be able to actually do it. Yeah. And, you know, if you went to a game and you were sitting in the 50th row or something like that, what would you want to see that you couldn't see from up there? That's your job. Figure that out. So that ends the assignment. No, master desk. (laughs) (laughs) Master desk is done. Um, So, yeah, for another month. And uh, let us know how it's going to do. Is it going to work out? Okay. And we're going to go on and talk about something else after these messages. If you're listening to this on iTunes, thank Apple and then rate us. The higher we are rated, the more popular we are. And one day we might be featured as the top sports photography podcast. That's it. And we're back. <laughs> this is the listener cues. We didn't have that many questions. I have no idea why, but I think people should ask because if you go to patreon.com slash BLFS and if you you know put in a lot of money into for us, a lot of money starting from $10 a month, you get to ask us a question and we will answer them personally on a podcast. We start off with... Um, Simon A. West, I'm going to start shooting football, uh, soccer, shortly for an agency, all thanks to the help from this group. You're welcome. So I'll be turning in 50, 70 shots from each match, and I'd love to hear any advice you both have to help me produce shots that stand out. I've shot rugby and hockey, but far less football, so I'm asking, 
what you would tell me to look out for specifically in football that makes a great shot he i've tried looking for at premiership and giddy uh giddy sites for inspiration but not much on there to learn from i guess data cool controls it just slightly data what's uh, data cool is this licensing thing that you need to have a data cool license in order to shoot premiership matches like the the england premiership matches without yeah so it's a really tough system like i don't understand what they want to do it's like if you don't like you have to have had x like if you're an agency like you have to have like x amount of photos published for the previous year and da 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 and all that kind of stuff and all on top of that it's uh getting quite bad with the whole getty images thing as well like they're really really tightening the grip on all the premiership clubs and you can't get accreditation for really a lot of the matches you'll just say like no 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 because they think that by making it exclusive to only like several agencies, they can basically drive up at the price. But it's too late now, you know. Like Getty's done yeah. the fucking damage, and like it's gonna be, you know, for nothing anyway. So exclusivity is not gonna really matter that much anymore. And people, if it make if they make it too exclusive, people will start uh, the other photographers, not photographers, but other uh newspapers and agencies will start saying stuff but that seems to be the path of agency photography nba is the same thing as well. nba's getty images no they all getty just do the whole thing yeah yeah which is really shit but hey we live in a shitty world so let's answer simon's question yeah well I, you know i'm not the biggest getty fan but there are very very good photographers that shoot for getty they do i'd be surprised if you went to the Getty site and looked through the the soccer football page and, and didn't find some great yeah, pictures in there. Weird, I did yeah. it not that long ago because somebody said there was a different thread where somebody was talking about, oh, the baseball inspiration one. And I went to the Getty baseball page. There's great pictures there. So I'd be surprised if you didn't dig around through the the Getty football soccer page and, and didn't yeah, find sounds really weird some, as well. some great yeah, yeah, pictures yeah. there are there. really good photos yeah. in there um they have good photographers but here's here's <clears> the thing like yeah you can look at what's the guy that shoots for arsenal who's on Flickr? Uh, i don't know uh mcfarland Stuart mcfarland who shoots he's like the photographer. official photographer yeah. for arsenal he's good you can look at look him up on on Flickr. so here here's the thing though shooting if you're shooting for one of these places that demands that many shots, neither one of us are the right person to ask about this because neither one of us really shoot that way. If you need to shoot at that kind of volume, the only thing I can say is do it quickly, you know, get your action out of the way as quickly as you can and then set aside some time to do things differently. That's a lot, no? 50, Um, 70 shots? Yeah, that's that's probably more than they really want. I, it's hard for me to believe that some editor wants to go through that many pictures per game, but you're not going to be able to make 50 to 70 pictures that stand out per game because that's not possible. So make your action pictures, get there early, shoot the warmups. Um, something that I like to do for soccer is when they're warming up, they'll be closer to the sideline. Like when they split off into forwards over here and defenders over there or whatever, they'll be closer to the sideline and you can get much closer to them. The pictures that are going to end up running more often than not are going to be singles where it's, you know, just the player because they're, you know, again, what picture, what one picture tells the story of a game it's total crapshoot. Most of it is going to be this player got transferred or he's out with an injury or whatever. So you want to have a good single 
the best way to get those is to get as close as they can. And soccer fields are big, so any one player is not going to be near you for most of the time. But if you get there early and shoot the warm-ups, they will be. So I would get a lot of those and then get your game action shots. Um, you know, maybe let's say if you're staying in the same place or at the same end, you want to shoot the team that's coming at you for 30 minutes or something and then take the last 15 to do more artistic, interesting kind of things or walk around or something like that and then do the same thing in reverse in the second half. I, I don't know. Th this isn't, th this is not a good problem to try to solve because th they want way too many pictures. So you're just going to have a hard time getting that many, even pictures that don't look like all the other pictures, much less pictures that are going to stand out. So I don't know. I would go back to them and try to figure out like, what are they looking for? Are they looking for half of those to be headshots? Are they looking for actual 50 game action pictures? Are they looking for, you know, pictures of the starting 11 or whatever? I, I don't know, but you should get a little bit more clarity as to what they're looking for, because this sounds like a really, really high number. It's not like I, I want to know like what the requirements are from this particular agent. It's like what kind of stuff they're looking for. Like then you can start doing interesting stuff, you know, after you get everything done. Like my master, basically. Interesting. What's your next lens purchase by Kevin Sosa? I'm thinking of getting a Sigma 135 1.8. Not me, but that's what Kevin said. Matt Cohen. I just actually bought something recently, but I'll tell you after you go. I just replaced my Nikon 85 1.4 with the new version. And I replaced my 135 f2 with the same version, just one that worked. Um, is it good? The 7200? Is it good? Oh yeah, I also yeah. Well, how did I forget that? I also bought the 70 to 200, the new version of that. Um, yeah, like is it better than the other one? Yes. Like is it miles it's better? Like oh my god, it's noticeably, better? but not. It's not like outrageous. It's. If you like, I shoot, I shoot with it a lot for rodeo. So I do, it does mm. for me, it makes sense to have, you know, even a little bit of incremental quality. It does make sense. Coding like the, the flare control is better. I guess they have like a new element or something like that. And it, the, that makes the flare control better. For some reason they reverse the zoom and the focus rings, which is not good. Like that. No, I, I don't, I don't know about lens design or whatever, but it, that seems to be kind of a thing that you shouldn't do. No. So I used it for shooting some hockey and because the zoom ring is out at the end, you're, instead of being able to, sh to put the lens through the hole a little bit, I can't do that anymore because then I would have to stick my hand through the hole and you can't really do that. And it's just not as comfortable because it, I don't who is manually focusing 70 to 200s more than they're zooming them. It, it None of that makes any sense to me. I really don't understand why they did it. So I really don't like that. But the lens is lighter and the flare control is better. And apparently the problem with the two that they fixed in the three is that if you are zoomed to 200 and you're really close, it is actually 200. It's, it doesn't have that zoom thing where it, it's not quite 200 on the version two. But anyway, I'm, I'm more excited about the 85, uh, 1.4 and the, the newer, uh, not newer, the same version, but a better copy of the 135 F2 because I use those a lot and 
I end up getting pictures that I like a lot better than the 70 to 200. So yeah, I would, I would definitely say having a weird lens, like the, I don't know about the Sigma. I don't know. I don't use Sigma, but the, the 135 wide aperture lenses, whatever company is making them is a cool thing to have. Not for everything. Not, it's not like the one lens that you would bring, but it's cool to have to do specific things. Yeah. But it has to be like it, then it has to be get quite close as well because it's not it's not that much of a reach as a one thirty five yes. because I feel it's like the two hundred is not that much and I even thought about like no I really do want to get the three hundred f four it depends on depends on what you're shooting it's useful in hockey and Kevin's shooting mm. a lot of hockey you know that that length is probably good for that but yeah it's not very long one thirty five for for soccer or for rugby or baseball or something like that is not very I mean the one thing I really want to get my hands on is a three hundred f four. And I really, 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 because I heard really good stuff about it, you know, because I'm actually going on the F4 route for a lot of things. But what I bought recently, so I'm just going to slapping myself with it because I got very excited about it. Um, I bought a Hasselblad X-Pan, Hasselblad X-Pan, or Fuji TX1. Like, it's just basically, like, it's a film camera that shoots panoramic photos because I've actually had just, like, thought of, like, shooting football with, like, a different camera. And I thought, like, okay, what could it be really interesting if I do something? And I decided to like, yeah, shoot, you know, film and shoot it with uh, a panoramic camera. Whether that's going to work or not, I have to see. Because I think it still has to be significantly more interesting than basically shooting digital. You know what I mean? I need to kind of test it out and see if it's going to really work out. If it doesn't, then I can always sell it. Um, it's going for a ridiculous amount of money. And I was a bit surprised I have to pay that much in order to actually get that one that's it the lens purchasing thing and i've not actually bought any other lens at this point nothing's really kind of floated my my boat at this point and lastly jim somers is asking what focus setting is best for a remote camera set up afc or 3d tracking i have no idea none of the above it's a single point though no, you don't. You can't really move the no, thing, right? Anyway, no, right? so it just no, stays. Dead. Yeah, this is not okay. I don't know. I don't know what Jim is doing to you know what he's shooting with the remote. I really hope he's not shooting it up at this, setting it up at this second barrel and shooting that. I really hope that that's not the case. Um, some rodeo photographers, when they shoot barrel racing, will shoot physically at one barrel and then set up a remote at a different barrel so that they can you know, get twice as many pictures. I really hope that that's not what Jim is doing. Hmm. So the only times that I've used a remote camera are behind the backboard for a basketball game and behind the goal for a soccer game. And neither of those, uh, having autofocus is helpful because the autofocus behind a backboard is going to find the backboard itself and not through the backboard to where the, the players are going to be. And the uh, the net in, in soccer is going to get in the way of that or the goalie is going to get in the way of that when you're trying to shoot the player. So literally, I take it off of autofocus and manually focus it and then tape, put tape over the lens so that it doesn't move. Does it sound like a crapshoot? Yes, because it's a crapshoot. There's almost no situation where you're going to have to autofocus and not be at your camera and... It, you know, expect it to, to get the results that you want just because the camera is going to focus on something different all the time. Like if the light changes or if it's a part of a body in the wrong place or something and the camera decides to focus on that, like you need to 
set it up. This is another, you also, you can't really be at one uh, at a, a 2.8. You need to be like at F5 or something like that so that you have enough depth of field so that whatever is going to be happening is going to be in the zone that the camera is focused in. In basketball, you're talking about like an arm's length from the hoop. So you want to make sure that all of that is in focus. So you focus on a point where most of the action is going to happen. And then you set your depth of field so that it's wide enough to get, you know, enough. Like if there's two players or if there's a player who is reaching for a rebound or something like that, that that's still going to be in focus. But if you were 3D tracking or AFCing or whatever, like that's not going to work. Like the focus is going to go all over the place and you're going to miss more shots. What you need to do is figure out where the most common action or whatever the, even if it's not a common play, like if you're going for something crazy, where is it most likely to happen? And then manually focus there. Um, that's it. Like there's no, I don't, I don't know anybody who would set up a remote camera and then have autofocus on it because you just don't have enough control over that. You can't put like a camera on one of the, like one of the barrel racing thing. You can't put one on top of the barrel. You can't do that. huh? No. Absolutely not. Uh, it would be really cool if you could do it. No? Yeah, it would be. But the problem is that they knock the barrels over all the time. And, you know, they can use all of that space. So if they were, um, you know, trying to lean in to keep their balance or something like that, and they leaned far enough out over the barrel, they could knock the camera off of their arm or something like that. And Why don't you, like, ask if you can do it, like, for a practice run or something? You can't do it? Like, just set it up just for, like, a practice run? before they start the competition the the you know? thing is that these horses and the the bulls and they're they're all like animals <laughs> i mean <laughs> you know beside the you know just the 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 animal welfare part of it they're they're very expensive like some of the calf roping horses can be six figures and some of the team oh, roping yeah, horses yeah. can be high five figures and nobody's nobody wants to take a chance that you know the camera falls off and then the horse steps on it and you know breaks its breaks ankle or something ankle. like that. You okay. can't you can't do that. I mean, I, you could probably do it with like a GoPro or something like that, but that just doesn't. Yeah, it's not me. very good. Huh? No. no, the quality is just not good enough. Yeah. Anyway, manual focus and and then tape it down. Yeah. Critical Beatdown is a service that we provide for you know big lens fast shutter listeners. Like you don't have to be like registered or anything. If you're a you know expert photographer, sports photographer, if you just started out and if you got like that hundred dollars in your pocket, if you want someone to really really go through your work, you know step by step, piece by piece, just really 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 tell you what you've done, what you've done wrong, what you can do better it's a great service what's going to happen is that you're going to submit maximum 15 photos to us and then we are going to make a video of us talking about you only your photos so basically training ground but obviously better because you paid us more for it so that is critical beatdown and for that please contact us by writing an email to save me at biglensfastshutter.com and that is save me. So like, you know, save, save me, save you. I save you, I you save me. So save me at biglensfastshutter.com.
think we only say bad things about sports photography. You say we got no soul? Hell no. We're going to prove you wrong with... Hi, Ross <laughs> Time to hold your fellow sports photographer's hands as we tell you why a specific sports photograph makes us quiver with joy. Not this time. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely not this time. So this is our annual, you know, why the fuck do they choose these photos edition? And this is, well, I think we, we did last year as well, didn't we? For the World Press We did photo. maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe this one yeah. or maybe a different one. Just to let you know, I do submit photos to World Press Photo every year. I think I've done it for really? the past. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do for the Sony thing as well. I do both. Insane. Because I think it's like buying a lottery ticket. That's kind of ridiculous. I'm feeling it it's that ridiculous. Way. That if I win, it's really big because it's good advertisement. You get if it's like a Sony thing, you get a lot of money as well. But if you lose, like, yeah, whatever. We can talk about who's won because you have no idea who's actually lost besides the fact that I lost this year again because I don't really get it, and I think Matt doesn't get it either. Like we don't understand why particular photos are chosen we're not going to go detail by detail but we're just going to have to just talk about the whole set it's divided into two there are singles so just like really just one photo and there are stories so you can basically submit a story i think it's like maximum 10 photos and you have to basically tell a story related to sports they're not even they're series they're not stories they're this is a series yeah it's really you can't bad. take pictures you can't take pictures all on the same day and call it a story it's, there's no story. It's just a series of pictures that go into a set. That's yeah. you know that's a whole other issue. But none of those are actually stories. They're just sessions, you know. <laughs> so let's start with the singles. Um, the winner was by Tom Jenkins. This is a Grand National Steeplechase. And this is a mess. I get it. The position of the jockey's body, you know, in relation to what's going on in the ground, and that he still has the crop in his hand. That, that's actually kind of a cool thing. Like, that's not something that you see every day. Just the mess of all of that stuff on the ground and that gray horse's tail in front of his face and his arm like that. This is just a delete. Like, this picture won first prize in a really prestigious contest. And if I had made it, I would have deleted it in the camera. Yeah, it's... Like, in a way, I do like it. But also the fact that, like, I don't understand, like, why this is first place. I mean, there's, like, thousands of these, like, photos that's going to be in this competition. I don't understand why this is actually chosen as the first place. I really don't. That's the thing that I, I kind of have against these, like, this entire competition all the time. Like, last year, was, was it the catch, wasn't it? By the, uh, what's his name? David Beckham. No, David Beckham. What's his name? Odell Beckham Jr.'s catch thing. Oh, right. Yeah. So, true. like, let's say someone here in Germany who, you know, big football fan, but never see American football. Don't even understand the context. And if that, wasn't it first place? Possibly. That picture, which is a shitty picture, wins first place. But I think people in America would kind of have a bit more information because if we watch American football and they, they know this is a really great player and everything, that would kind of add a bit more to the entire thing, which we're probably going to talk about with a bolt picture as well. But... 
to me, like it's I've, I've talked about this like thousands of times, so many different people. We I talked about some podcasts as well. Picture has to tell a story. If this like you know Bob from Berlin has got no idea what American football is, like he should be able to actually like see that picture and see like wow, it's a great picture, and not like context attached to it and say this is a great picture because it's a great catch. That should not be the reason why you actually win anything, even besides the context. I don't know. I kind of like the guy who's flying across, but like I don't know, like if it's you know what I mean. Like I'm sure there's another one that would actually better than this. I don't. I don't really get it. I really don't. But hey, you know, who's to say? We just have a podcast. A very successful one as well, you know. It's one of the only successful sports photography podcast ever created. A combined, like Matt and I probably won about eighteen international sports photography competitions we made in our head. But sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. I guess. Oh yeah, it's just okay. All right, let's go to the next one. This is legitimately great yeah, picture. I like it. It's good. The yeah, the you know the the way the light is, the dive, the expression on his face, the shadow, the position of the ball. Yeah, all the amount better that this picture is over the first picture is infinite almost. And the idea that this one, if I was this guy, and I sent this in, I wouldn't expect to win. Right. There's thousands and thousands of no, no one person, no matter how great the picture that they made when they enter a contest like this, thinks that they're going to win. Even the, the cockiest reader, Matt, doesn't think that they're going to win. Right. And then can you imagine being this guy and losing to that picture? Yeah, it's hard. I, 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 I would I would probably put down my camera at that point. I would say, what the fuck am I even doing this for? If a whole bunch of people who are supposedly experts are judging my picture to be worse than the picture that I would I would quit. No. No, this is a good picture. Why, like, I think it's there. why I don't enter contests. <laughs> it's very well balanced. I like the shadows. It's really really good. It's shot very very well. Shot from the top cuz like Rob said we have to actually talk about like how it's been shot and things like that, but it's not yeah, a very difficult is... thing to actually like in particular like to shoot this to be actually be there and everything. It's not very difficult. It's just he's, it was perfect timing and I'm sure like he thought about the shadows as well because he wanted to be like that he wanted to just be get get a moment that he's gonna do something and he got was there the right time executed perfectly and that was it and you have to know that monfils is gonna do things like this you know fairly often this is uh probably a 400 from the opposite stands not very far up but far enough up that you can get rid of the background so you're shooting down wait for the light to be right so that there's going to be a shadow on the court and a shadow in the background so you're not getting the advertising boards timing you know the timing's perfect the light's perfect so this is a legitimate picture for sure so the third one is the very famous bolt looking at the camera so basically what i don't understand why people were raving about these photos and i look at it like because i think there's two different ones that are out there there's two different versions there's two different photographers that actually shot like almost exactly the same photo i don't like either of them. i no. i think it's okay they but like it's always in the context so i don't really understand like why the title of world press photos world press photo and it's photojournalism and i think photos should come first before the con like the context but it feels like it's always the context before that comes first and then the photo, which I think is so wrong. Then it, then it should just be like a world journalism contest or whatever. Like it should be that way because you're supposed to be reading that to say, okay, why is this significant? If you go in an art gallery and if you see a painting and you feel like, well, I don't really like this painting, but someone who's actually next to you, who's a very famous, like, you know, 
art collector is, is saying like, oh, this painting, you must like this painting or this painting is significant because of the fact that it's, 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 uh, it's by, you know, Van Gogh or it's by, you know, uh, Picasso, whoever it is. Is that really the, the case? That if you don't like something, just because it's actually, it's like created by someone very famous or it's a very famous event, like it should automatically be a great photo. And that this really, it's a very bad precedence, I think. That if you're basically saying like, oh, this is a good photo because of the fact that it's, you know, it's a hundred meters final. He's looking towards the camera and because he had so much time to like make a win, blah, blah, blah. It really irritates me to no end. You know, like what, what, why? <laughs> yeah, it's. It's really frustrating. I think this picture might be better than, than the other one, version. Yeah. But I don't understand why they didn't color correct either one of them. I don't think you're supposed to. You can to. do that. I don't think no, you're you can't. To. You can. You can color correct. Really? You can't. You can't make local changes, but you can. You can. Uh, I'm pretty sure that you can get rid of the dust, like anything that you put in the picture. You can take out, so if there was dust on your sensor or something like that, and then like a white balance, that's not against photojournalism rules. It, it could possibly be against the specific rules of the contest. Like it might just, you might just have to send them the raw or something like that. I would never want knowingly, like I'm colorblind. I have issues fixing colors, but I can tell that this picture is not properly color balanced. And I would not want one of my pictures floating around being this far off. I mean, that's that's a minimal. The, you know, this is an interesting kind of picture. It is certainly historic, but there's so many things that are wrong with it. To be third place in an international contest with thousands of entries, no. I'm sorry. I, it's not good enough for that. I think if you kind of get into the whole story section of it, I mean, we will have a link to the, the whole 2017 sports for sports like you know section of um the world press photo but whatever the series section the story story section is terrible i, I think it's so bad like i entered this one with the sumo one like i don't understand why i didn't even actually get into any of the places even. like i don't get it like i really 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 don't because like this doesn't tell a story at all it doesn't i really don't understand like i, I don't understand why people pick these things i don't understand like what the significance of it is like the chest thing is horrendous you know <laughs> It's so bad. Maybe if I, I because that's the fact that I say all these things that I don't, you know, I don't win these things. <laughs> because they probably listen to this and say, oh, we're not going to let these people win because, you know, we can't have them slander our organization and have them win. I think they kind of like start changing it a bit and say we're photo first and not the context. There should be a story, especially the singles. There just should be a story and it should be a beautiful photo of sports and if you want to learn more about why this is like you find it very very interesting it's beautiful you can read the description wondering like why is this third place and you do the description and say, oh of course it's third place because it's a bold yeah. thing like right you shouldn't no. yeah, that should not factor into it so you know for news it's fine yeah. it's fine for news yeah. it's fine you know because new because the news is what's important to be sure like the world you know, news the, photo you know that should be it right right but this is um, you know, the sports part of it, it should really be a good picture first because there are lots of sports that the winner isn't news. So I don't know. I think it should be like world news photo. The, the first place was that guy who shot the, uh, that guy, you know, who shot the guy, the Rus uh, the Turkish guy who yeah. shot the Russian guy. And yeah, I should probably have a look at the other ones as well, but the, I've seen like other ones 
like contemporary issues and things like that i think these are much better pictures in general than the one that won the whole thing the one that won the whole thing i like that picture i really do actually it's i mean it's amazing yeah no i really i think it's it's like it's really really well composed it's very dramatic <laughs> and because he wants to like and, know more <laughs> about it because after you're looking at it and thinking like whoa what the oh, fuck you know yeah like what the fuck just happened like why is the guy on the ground and this guy made this picture knowing that he could have been dead like at any minute yeah but that's the context the thing is just by looking at it usually when we see anything related to guns this is what i kind of thought when i saw this thing it's always battlefield or war and all these things the guy is standing there with a gun and the guy you know on in the background you know i guess dead it's done everything is there for you to like say whoa you know what happened i think it's, it's just done well like i was thinking like if it's only the guy and the gun it wouldn't probably have done anything for me but the fact that you actually just kind of got the whole story just right in there and it's i think it's a very interesting picture it's just really interesting you know I, I it's the floor is clean the walls are white there's art that's insane yeah it's insane but I think this is deserving. I think that really only the second place one is deserving on the other side. It's really perplexing. I would love to see like all of the ones that were entered or maybe the ones that made the last cut before because these are some weird choices. Yeah. There always is. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, just I just don't get it because they're good photos and they don't get, to, you know, they don't get to be chosen for whatever reason they have. But anyway, it's okay, you know. If I get a shot like that, then I'll just be ultra famous and I'll never do it again. That'll be it. Like I said, it's a lottery. It's a lottery. It's a lottery. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, that's it. So, that was Cross Counter, and that ends our 62nd? Third? Is it 62nd? I have no idea what it is. 62nd. 62nd yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, thanks for listening, and I uh, hope to, you know, for you'll stick around and go to our website which is biglensfastshutter.com um you can go to our facebook page but the most active one is our Flickr page i know it's still Flickr, but there's not many op other options out there to do, like do forum stuff and this must be the best place out there it's flickr.com and search for big lens fast shutter and you'll be able to actually find all the threads and things like that and people there are very helpful and that really cannot be said for a lot of these groups and things like that our people are very, no they're very they're very helpful right all the people they're very 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 helpful so if you feel like i like i don't really know that much about sports photography i just started out please feel free to ask because they'll be more than happy to answer your questions and make recommendations and assist you and all that kind of stuff and if you are a sports photographer that wants to, has been there for a long time and wants to gather more ideas or just going to shoot, you know, shoot the shit with other people, please come in as well. Because everybody's welcome. Because we're on the, under the entire big banner of, you know, Big Lens Fast Shutter, which is make sports photography beautiful. I don't know why I actually did the whole blurb there, but I just thought I actually wanted to do something different. And that ends this thing. And with that, we end the 62nd episode of Big Lens Fast Shutter. Cannot do this without you, my beautiful listeners, and obviously Rob with two Bs, our wonderful producer, Extraordinary. Even if you're not as evil as Matt Cohen, please go to our Facebook page and like us. That is Facebook.com, and you can just search for Big Lens Fast Shutter. Better yet, do that and subscribe to our blog at BigLensFastShutter.com so that you won't miss any of our latest and greatest hits. 
And if you love us even more, please rate this podcast on iTunes. And obviously, if you have that dollar in your pocket, please go to patreon.com slash blfs. To recap, Facebook, blog, iTunes, and donate us on patreon.com slash blfs. We're going to be Pete's Love Us More. See you next month.